1 John chapter 3. Somebody tell me right quick, what does the word behold mean? Behold. Look. Okay. So if I just say, look, is that the same as behold? Okay. So what's behold mean? Pay attention. Okay. That's good. Look closely. Okay. Say again. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay, how about this? Wow, look at that! Because that's what John says here in chapter three, verse one. Wow, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not, beloved. Now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself, hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he, Jesus Christ, is pure. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's a mouthful in just two verses, three verses. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Three things I want to take out of this tonight. Three things I want to look at. I want you to look at. The first is the phrase, when he shall appear. When he shall appear. Okay? It didn't say if. Did you notice that? It an entirely different verse if he had said, now if he shall appear, we shall be like him. It didn't say it at all. It said, when he shall appear. Okay? When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. In John chapter 14, the night before Jesus crucified, he and his disciples are sitting there in the upper room, and he says to them, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. A good Greek scholar will tell you that the word mansions there can also be translated an apartment or a dwelling place. But when you read Revelation chapter 21 and 22, and it talks about streets of gold and gates of pearl and buildings of gold and foundations of rubies and sapphires and emeralds and diamonds and all these precious stones, sounds like mansions to me. I think the writer, the translator of uh of John chapter 14 must have read the book of Revelation because he understood that was mansions to him too. And he's from England. And England has these huge manor houses and these big castles, Windsor Castle and, and all this other stuff. And, and, and yet he recognized that heaven was even better than that. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. That's 
specific. If I go and prepare a place for you. Now that word if there can also be since. Okay? Sometimes the word if is since. Since I'm going to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am, there you may be also. When he shall appear, I'm out of here. Okay? That rhymes. That's pretty cool. Okay? You know, poet and don't know it. Rhyme on a dime. With a chime. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 53. Okay? 51 52, excuse me. Behold, there's that word again. Wow. Look at this. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's not talking about the nursery. That's talking about the rapture. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. Now, First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us who the trumpet is. It's the trumpet of God. Do you ever hear somebody talk about when Gabriel blows his horn? Nowhere in Scripture does it say Gabriel has a horn. He was not into music. Lucifer was into music. Gabriel was into oratory, public speaking. I mean, he showed up one night in Joseph's house and said, Joseph, don't be afraid. Go ahead and marry that girl. Because that which is born of her is going to be the child of the Holy Spirit, the child of God. You call his name Jesus. And he had already shown up to Mary and, and given her a very similar speech. And she was kind of stunned, you know. Whoa. Showed up and said to Zacharias, Zacharias, you, you and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a boy. I want you to name him John. That's not an, that was not an extremely popular name in that time. Pretty popular now, though. John. He's going to be the forerunner for the Messiah. Well, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. So don't worry about them coming up out of the ground, all moth-eaten and worm-eaten and all that, decaying bodies. Okay? No such thing as zombies. I know that's really disappointing to a lot of folks. But there's no such thing as zombies. The dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. When he shall appear. Second point. Next phrase. We shall be like him. When he appears, we're going to be like him. Psalm 8. Great psalm. It's a psalm that's to be played on a small stringed instrument, the gatith. In fact, you can, you can read the psalm. It's a psalm of David. And if you look in your Bible, a lot of times at the beginning of it, it'll say, To the chief musician upon gatith, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the avenger and the excuse me, might still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy hands, 
the moon and stars which thou hast ordained? What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hath crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And then John chapter 1, excuse me, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. We shall be like him. The way Adam was like him before he sinned. Innocent. Sinless. Except we're not ever going to be innocent again. We're going to know forgiveness. And righteousness. And the absence of temptation. Woo! Praise the Lord for that. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Now, stop there for a minute and give that some thought. Not this brain. He didn't say, let this brain be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. No. Let this mind be in you. Now, what's that mean? That means start thinking like Jesus thinks. Start seeing things the way Jesus sees them. Start seeing things from God's perspective. Jesus wasn't all scared and upset by things going on in the countryside around him. He knew who God was. He knew what all was going to happen. In his human form, he was wishing that he didn't have to be beaten so severely and suffer so much pain and agony and and have to die for the sins of man. But... He knew it was God's will, and so he kept saying over and over again, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Lord, if it be possible, don't let me get fired from this job. But thy will be done. Lord, if it be possible, don't let me get sick again. Don't let me get cancer again. Don't let me get old and decrepit. No. But, nevertheless, thy will be done. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. I mean, it wasn't something he was claiming because he wanted it. It was something he just was. But he made himself of no reputation. You know why people get mad? Usually because they're embarrassed or their reputation's been damaged. One of their rights has been violated. Okay? Jesus made himself of no reputation. He came to this earth as the king of kings, and yet he lived in a very humble house, very humble parents. 
He worked at a hard job, worked steadily at it until he was 30 years old, began his ministry, walked every place he ever went. It's a teenage boy, about 16, 17 year old, years old, ask his dad. He could get a car. His dad said three things, three conditions, and you can get a car. He said, okay, what's that? He said, first of all, you got to get your hair cut short. You know, like his hair hanging down your shoulders. Number two, you've got to make A's and B's all of this year at school. Okay? Number three, you've got to get a job and start saving money so you can pay for your insurance. Okay? At the end of the school year, he comes back to his dad and he says, Okay, Dad, I... Uh, have this much money saved up from my job at the supermarket. Got enough money to pay for my insurance for six months. Here's my report card. I got all A's and B's this past year. His dad said, what about your haircut? He said, Dad, Jesus had long hair. Paul had long hair, probably. All the apostles probably had long hair. And his dad said, they walked every step they took. They walked every place they went. So the kid went and got a haircut. But you know what? Jesus made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant even. Wow. Became a servant. Was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of a criminal. Even the death of the cross. Common criminal. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What would you give? Or what would you give up to see folks go to heaven? What would you give to help somebody hear the gospel? What would you give up in in order to be the kind of example that someone could look at and say, they've got something I don't have and I want it. I want to be like them. Whatever they've got, that's what I want. Jesus humbled himself. Became a man. And died a criminal's death. Served as a servant. Have the mind of Christ. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, everybody knows it. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God. Even the most horrible circumstances. All things work together for good to those that love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. But in verse 29 and following are the, are the really important verses there. Because everybody that God knew was going to get saved, He predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's His plan for you, to be like Jesus. Not someday when He appears. Start now. I was going to the Olympics next summer. Not not yeah, next summer. The Olympics next summer. 
three years. Okay. I couldn't just go to the Olympic trials the way I am now and say, okay, I'm here. I'm going to run the uh, 1,500 meters. Yeah. I'm going to run the 1,500 meter and the marathon. Okay. And the coach would say, okay, what's your time? Well, I don't know. You know, I can do a mile in, in under 15 minutes, I'll bet. So do you know what the Olympic record is? Well, no. Well, it's like 11 minutes faster than that. Whoa. 1,500 meters in four minutes? Yeah. Under four minutes? Yeah. How many of you think I can do it? Come on. Show me some support here. Thanks, Ray. Thanks. Okay. The problem is... I would probably have to start ahead of time getting ready. You think? Yeah. And I'm not sure I've got enough time, so I don't think I'm going to the Olympics next time. Okay. Why do we want to sit around and wait until Jesus comes back so that we can be like him? Let's start now. Becoming like him. So the world will look at us and say, you're a Christian, aren't you? And then you can say, well, that's for you to say, I'm a follower of Jesus. But it, it, you'd have to determine if I'm like him or not. Number three. We know that when he shall appear, we should be like him. For we shall see him as he is. I'm going to see Jesus. Fanny Crosby, who was blind from six months of age until the day she died. Because of some medical doctor who put stuff in her eyes trying to help her. Put the wrong stuff in and blinded her. Wrote a song that says... I want to see him, first of all. When my life work is ended, my life on earth is done, I want to see him. I shall see Jesus. Another lady wrote a song, We shall behold him. We shall behold him. I'm going to see him. You're going to see him if you know Jesus. When he shall appear, we should be like him, for we shall see him. Does that mean we're all going to look like 33-year-old men? I don't think so. But if it does, that'll be fine with me. I think perhaps it's more likely that what it means is we're all going to have glorified bodies like Jesus has a glorified body. We're all going to have a face that shines with the glory of God. Not shines from within, but reflects from without. When we see Jesus, His image will be reflected off of us. Won't that be something? Wow! We shall see Him as He is. Are you ready?
Ooh, if not, don't leave here tonight without talking to me. You need to get ready. Because he might be coming tonight. What a Thanksgiving that would be. Sitting at the table with some of the pilgrims and some of the Indians who got saved as a result of the ministry of the pilgrims. Wow. I can see it. I'm done. I was thinking today, I remember as I was growing up, that sometimes pastors and evangelists would get on a particular hobby horse, I guess we used to call it. They'd get on a particular subject, and I mean, they would they'd preach on it almost all the time. Wow. My favorite is when uh, uh, Dan Hawtrey got to preaching against pink shirts, okay, on guys, okay, because that blew up in his face, and it was so funny when it happened. <laughs> but other, other guys, I heard a guy, preacher one time who preached for years and years and years on not smoking, okay? And uh, you say, well, you mention that quite often too, Brother Casey. I know because I care about you. I don't want you hurting yourself. Another guy who preached all the time about tithing, and that's because I don't want you missing out on any blessings, okay? Jesus said, try me, prove me. See if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing you'll not be able to receive it all. Then he went on to say, and I will rebuke the devourer. Did you know that tithing is a part of spiritual warfare? It's a part of spiritual warfare. You tithe, and as Dave Ramsey described it, the little demon who is sitting there on your water pump going, bam, 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 bam. Bam, I'll break this thing sooner or later. Bam, bam, bam. When you tithe, God sends a big angel down, and the angel comes down, opens the hood, and says, Come here, you. Leave that water pump alone. Got this big old sword in his hand, you know. What little demon's going to fight against that? You don't tithe. The angel says, Ooh, wish I could help. Wish I could do something about this. They're not going to give it to God. Maybe they'll give it to the mechanic so he can tithe. Anyhow, you say, why do you say all that, Brother Casey? Because I discovered that recently that I've been on a hobby horse. I can't hardly preach without talking about heaven. You know, I mean, wow. I can't believe it's taken so long for Jesus to come back. One answer. <laughs>